Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have one of the top classics, War and Peace. It is by some called to be the best novel ever written. By Leo Leo Tolstoy. Yes, by Leo Tolstoy. And and we still have our favorite translators, Richard P. Vare and his wife. Larissa. Yeah. So, and, and this is, he's a, Leo Tolstoy is a Russian author. And so this takes place in Russia around the Napoleon, the Napoleon, Napoleonic era. Yep. And it, it, which was actually, I, I kind of thought that was during his lifetime, but he was actually writing about like 60 years prior. Before, yes. But he had talked to people about this, this time period and stuff. And so, it, take, it took him five years to write it, and he was 35 years old when he began. Yes. What and a feat. What a feat. It, it, is, it is a booger <laughs> of a book. It's so good, though. It, it is an epic novel. I, I, I feel like you, once you have gone through it, you feel like you've gone through War and Peace. <laughs> yeah, War because and Peace, both. It literally is this... It, it's... It's a great take on life. And that's what one of the things they said about Tolstoy, too. I think that's one of the... I mean, we've talked about this. Like it's, he does such a good job of getting into the human consciousness type. You know, their thoughts. And, like, he, yeah, and he I've even read really... about him. But they say when, he, uh, when he's wanting you to think like a child, like there's children in the room, he doesn't get you ready for it. He just reacts like a child. And he did that in Anna Karenina. He was like a woman. Yes. I mean, and I said, how did he do this? How did he do this? So, yes. Well, he does it in this very well. Whoa, talent. But it is, you know, it's a feat. But like you said, I remember when you said, how do you feel? I said, man, I can't believe I read that book. If you feel like you went through a marathon, but in a really good way, like it was, and we, it's, it took us a while. I don't know. I don't think, how long did it take us to read this? Well, um, I don't have down here that uh, how, you know, sometimes you say when you started it, when you, yeah, it. I, but, but I remember at the months. end, <laughs> yeah, it takes months. Yeah. But it, it, it was a long, was this a quarantine book? Was this one of the ones that this would be a good one to have on your shelf just in case, you, you know, know, that yes, you that's this, this would be a very good book to have on your shelf in case anything happened, in case your power went out or anything like that. This is definitely a good prepper book, I would say for sure. And it's interesting because we read, so we had read Anna Karina first and that's the one that um, it introduced us to Leo Tolstoy and to his style and to Russian literature, really. And, and that's what motivated us to jump into War and Peace because that's one of those books that you always you always hear about, but I don't know if I knew knew of anyone who actually had read it. And so, and overarching, it's it's you know takes place in uh, Russia in um, when does it start from uh, eighteen oh five to eighteen twenty is the era 
where this kind of takes place. Like we I talked about, it's... there's something for everyone. Uh, there's a war, there's love stories, there's rivalry, there's, you know, there's, I mean, he, he, that's why everybody likes his books. I think that's why that human element is, but it's so poetically done. Like he has some, uh, some phrases in there that I'm just like thinking, you know, like I did when we, we talk about, you sent me a thing about Shakespeare. A lot of the phrases we do today came from Shakespeare. I think some things came from uh, Tolstoy. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. So introduce us to the characters. Who's, who are okay. the players? Who's the players? So the main player is Pierre. And that's, this is where, who really, the, the story really follows him. And there's, there's some side characters in there, which is different than um, Anna Karina. You know, he wrote that as like, there's two yeah there's two storylines going at the same time this one is mainly it mainly follows pierre and the people that intersect with him um and he is a very complex he's a very complex character and he he's very gluttonous he likes um he what's the word when you go he's an extremist yeah a bit of an extremist with food and women and all of this and he, it's the start of the story is he inherits um, millions from a father that he didn't really have a relationship with. Um, and so that's kind of where it picks up. So, and it's kind of his process of like figuring Coming, out. Yeah. His process of knowing, going into manhood because he's been a boy, he's been in Peter Pan mode yes. all this time, refusing to grow up and, of course, he had struggles of his own because he was an illegitimate kid. So, you know, mm -hmm. at this time, but uh, he is in Peter Pan mode because he's not wanting to grow up. What but I found interesting about Pierre was that even though he is an illegitimate child and, you know, didn't have the best upbringing and all that, he still is a good guy. You know what I'm he's saying? Thoughtful. Like, he's thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting that because it, we get to other characters in the story that, have, are very entitled grew up with everything and they are horrible you know they don't care about people they just are extremely selfish and that's not really pierre like you know but he he is aware of his situation and he he feels kind of inferior this is right off the bat on page 13 it says and, and it's talking about the prince impolite or something he said because of the self-assurance with which he spoke no one could make out whether what he said was very clever or very stupid. <laughs> oh. I just think the way he words that, you know, because if someone says something with conviction and confidence, you tend to believe them. Mm -hmm. And so I think Pierre felt like he was inferior. And you know, the way Tolstoy writes too makes you kind of see people differently because of how good he gets in people's heads and like their, what they're thinking and things like that. And, and, and how Pierre notices things too. And like, he'll pick out these little nuances of people and will, you know, Tolstoy will describe that. And so after you've re read this book, you kind of are looking at people differently. Like, you know, they're thinking something right now. Like, and like, what are they thinking? And, you know, you kind of are, because you've been reading into the minds of people this whole time from War and Peace. So. And there's always a story, but yeah, this was, and this is all during, the Bonaparte struggle and this, uh, yeah, you, the, there's a truly unwise this, I think that's Viscount who says, uh, when he's talking about, um, uh, politics and everything, it, he, it, 
Tolstoy refers to him as someone with an air of a man who does not listen to others, but in manners known, in matters known better to himself than anyone else, he follows only the train of his own thoughts. Mm. So he shows you all the, of course, I'm sure these were people that Tolstoy had come up, come against in his own life. And he, uh, you know, this, this, and, and he's he's grappling with why do we have war why 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 do we have peace and how do people deal with that and uh, everything so he talks about there being um, there are two sides to each man's life his personal life which is the more free the more abstract and his elemental life swarm like life where man. Uh, succumbs to the laws that prescribe to him you know he's i think he's torn he's torn and he shows that pierre that well that quote came from pierre the two lives but i think tolstoy is showing it to all of us because what is more opposite than war and peace and he the symbolic time of that it's like everybody's life has war and peace Mm. everyone's life so you you know you look at this and you say why do i want to read a novel when about you know some kind of russian novel that has nothing to do with me but it does Mm -hmm. has a lot to do because everybody's life is hills and valleys and you know it's interesting that you say that because i had read that um he told so he kept a diary like every day and and some of it would be he would use in his novels and other other was just self-reflection so i think you're i think you're correct in saying that war and peace is kind of like a big diary for Tolstoy. like this is him figuring out stuff too it's mm-hmm. kind of his process of like, and I think he uses characters to help him figure things out. And he, because you see characters struggle with things and like work through problems and work through um, different things. Well, it's- I'm thinking, we, you know, and he's probably grappling with, yeah, other things. But when you're, when you're, uh, you know, stories stick and facts fade. So if everyone in school had had to read this story, I think I would remember a lot more about stuff. And not only are you learning about the uh, wars and stuff, but you're learning about life of people. So isn't that the way to go? I I 100% agree. Like, I didn't really know anything about Napoleon, except, I mean, I knew he was a a leader. And I I just didn't really know much, you know. He's a scoundrel. He's a scoundrel. And I had uh, my friend Kim... Kim Cowan, once again, had given me a book. I think she loaned me her book, and it was all about Napoleon. And he's one of the most uh, egotistical, puffed-up people I've ever read about or heard about in my life. Yeah. And there was, and here's a quote to go to back that up. Napoleon thought the possibility of him making a mistake did not exist. Mm-hmm. And that's true. That was his character. It did not exist. He could not make a mistake. And how, I mean, and, and I said, this mindset still exists today. <laughs> yes. Like, but how dangerous is it in someone that is able to send thousands that's true. and thousands of men to war? And that's what's so sad is that, and, and you know, and again, that's something that Tolstoy is with. This man who is not fit to be in this position is able to control the lives of so many. That's right. So. It says, right, millions of Christians killed and tortured each other because Napoleon was a lover of power. Mm. 
And it said also that Russia was shaped by the will of one man, and that was Peter the Great. And so you learn about history through this. It's it, like you said, historical fiction is like a double, you know, double cheeseburger because you get you get the history and you get a story. It's like a twofer. But you know what's funny is that um, what Tolstoy said himself about War and Peace is it's not a novel, even less it is a poem, and still less a historical chronicle. So that's what he said about it. But like they, the Larissa and the Richard, the translators, they, you know, the, the notes in the back, I mean, it's, it's completely a historical chronicle from my standards, you know, yeah. this thing is, but it's funny that Leo Tolstoy didn't consider that, you know, he didn't consider Maybe he was that, humble. He was humble. Guy. I, I think he was humble because I was like, this is so much history, you know? And so gifted with work. This is one simile. Empty as a queenless beehive. Is that, have you ever thought about it? Let that soak in. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, and I, I think as a queenless uh, beehive. Queenless beehive. That was the, oh, um, I'm glad you said that. The abandoned beehive. That was the, um, When it's the well, empty city of Moscow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yes. When, and you don't really realize what happens when these people leave and have to leave their, you know what I'm saying? But, yes. and he puts it in such a way that, and there, he must have kind of liked bees because there was another time when he used bees and it was near the end of the book. But he said, if a bee stings a child, then the child fears the bee. And he said, but yet the beekeeper notices the bee because he's going to get honey from it the botanist notices the bee because he's pollinating all i mean he's taking you know think how deep that is i'm like really you know yes no i'm glad you brought that up though yeah that was a bee that was he he's so good with the imagery and the words he's a wordsmith you know like yeah that, that perfectly described moscow you know when it was abandoned like what the just like an empty an abandoned beehive so and there's another line where he was describing all these, the French were looting it. And he says, the French leaving Moscow were bound to perish like the monkey who put its hand into the narrow mouth of a jug and seizing a handful of nuts will not open its fist so as not to lose what it has. So they mm. were going to perish because they're trying to hold, they're trying to carry Moscow with them. Yes. But they can't. Greed. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Greed. Having just come off of uh, Live No Lies, it, and that's a, that book fits very well with War and Peace mm-hmm. because there was a lot of lies being lived. Yeah, know? and believed and, and propaganda and all that. And so as Pierre, you know, he, he, has, a, he has one marriage and that didn't go well. Uh, because uh, he was... He went into it just because she was beautiful, basically. Mm-hmm. So she was not a very good person at all. Helene, so really, is that what you're saying? yeah, Helene couldn't Tolstoy be couldn't Tolstoy be saying to men that read this book go deeper than that? Yes, I mean that could be his message. I think you know. Tolstoy lived that because he was. I, I think he got married later in life, and so I think he was a uh, he had a wild youth. And so I think he, there's a lot of Pierre in him. So uh, going back on what we were saying that Tolstoy is good about 
kind of describing people or whatever this is one it is just a person a random person um but it said uh like marshall devote was one of those people who deliberately set themselves up for the most gloomy conditions of life so <laughs> as to have the right to be gloomy yes i remember that I like, one that's it's a victim funny. mindset yeah that's it's been funny. around for a long time huh? but just the way he says it i'm like yeah that's true there, there are some people that do that that they kind of want something to complain about so like but that, I, I love how he describes that, that those mothers the munchausen thing where they want their kid to be sick i've heard of that yeah. Well, I had another simile because, you know, I love similes, but uh, a soldier on leave is like an untucked shirt. Ooh, <laughs> is that good? That's good. Yeah. I think if it, it's just, I, I think I like his because they're original and they're vivid, they're visuals. But I mean, yeah, soldiers on leave are, you know, very wild, wild and crazy. Yes. But there is, uh, then Pierre, as he's evolving, he, he becomes more and more drawn to God. And in one part, he's talking about uh, simplicity. And it says, simplicity is obedience to God. You can't get away from him. And they are, and they are simple. They don't talk, they, they do. A word spoken is silver, unspoken is gold. Man cannot possess anything as long as he fears death. Mm. There is no greatness where there is no simplicity, goodness, and truth. I like both those. Yes. And that's kind of him coming to his realizing, okay, trying to figure out the meaning of life on things. He's he's evolving. He's very philosophical, and he asks really good questions throughout the book. Pierre is, in his own mind, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out things and ask questions. And then, you know, during the midst of the war part, one one line, I just pulled this line, only the skeleton of life remained. He, I feel like it's broken up. Tolstoy broke it up. So that's kind of the horror of war. He goes through the horror of war, and which is that surviving that you were talking about. And just like what that does, it's, you know, it's so widespread. Everyone's touched by that. So the horrors of war, and then he goes inside like Pierre, like adversity, growth. Um, and then we see love. There's a whole other story with Natasha and Andre and there's a whole love thing going on. And then um, he really hits on transformation through suffering. And it's, I'm just like, this whole thing is basically life. It could have just been called life. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, he really covers so many different things. In very unique ways. So. Yes, and, and it flows. Like, he's trying to grapple with what is, what is war. And in uh, and, and one point, this is like in the middle of the book, he says, there also could have been no war if there had been no intrigues of the English and if there had been no prince of Oldenburg and insulted feelings in Alexander and if there had been no uh, arrow... Uh, autocratic power in Russia and if there had been no French Revolution and subsequent dictatorship. And he says, without any one of these causes, but they all coincided. And I liked how he said that because, you know, it's like a series, like your dominoes, you know, you put the dominoes up and then this happens and this happens. So he's saying all those happen to cause this. Mm -hmm. Because it's really not one thing. 
So that's an interesting, what he's trying, he's trying to pull out there is the illusion of free will, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. uh, Yeah. It's interesting because we think that we do have free will, but what he's saying is all these things that you really don't. No. So, yeah. So, which I'm I'm sure that was like a, I I still think that's an interesting take, a a thought that we don't think about very often. Because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, the historical movement is the sum total of the wills of of all the people. So, yeah, it's 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 different to think of it. I think we have individual free will, but I'm thinking he's he's saying on this massive scale. And and I don't think that um, we you know we don't think about it so much because we're just kind of most of the time in life you go through the motions and you don't yes. stop and think and then Tolstoy's writings you know he's stopping and he's thinking yes and he's writing he's writing it down and then he's relaying it in such a way and I remember you and I had trouble with the war parts and you would say he knows just he he gives you just the right amount of war for a woman, I guess, because we can only take so much, you know, I'm saying, Leo, come on. And then we have some love. Yes. So that was very beneficial that he goes back and forth. Cause I remember that cause you're, you're in this battle and he's so descriptive and you're just like, you're drained by being in this battle. You're just like reading all this battle, battle, battle. And then finally it'll pull away from the battle and go to a different story. So I do have a good quote, another one. And uh, I think we both marked this one that promised and done are born brothers i have that that one one. yes i love that so i'm just like he has so many good ones and that was pretty short and pithy my other my i think this one might be my favorite one i don't it's hard to say of the because there's so many but um he sang songs not as a singer does who does not know that they are being listened to but as birds do Apparently, because it was necessary for him to utter those sounds, as it is necessary to stretch one's arms or legs. Mm-hmm. So, I thought, I was like, oh, that's, that's really profound, too. And this was, I think, during, it was a prisoner that he was talking yes. about that was, that was singing. So, it's interesting. It was just like, not that anyone's listening to him, but it was just something innately in him. That that's just part of who he is and stuff. And so, I, I loved how he described that. And how you meet certain characters that you would, would love to meet in real life and then certain characters that you're glad you haven't met in real life. He has yes. a little bit of all of those. I was like, uh, and, he, and he pointed out that war, he says war is not a game. It's not, it, we don't play at war. And, he, and like you said, he vividly shows you the cost of war. Oh, yeah. The horrors of it, yeah. And he says at this one, it says, uh, we must take this terrible necessity sternly and seriously not to play at war. That's the whole point, to cast off the lie. And if it's war, it's war and not a game. As it is, as it is war is the favorite pastime of idle and light-minded people. Mm. L-I-G-H-T-minded. Now, like you said, what's scary is those are the people that are in control. Yes. Yeah. Which is scary. I, I'm going to have to say that um, Jordan Peterson, this is, I, I think I've said it multiple times. A harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a very dangerous man who has that under voluntarily control. Voluntarily control. 
Um, and then he goes on is like, if you think tough men are dangerous, wait until you see what weak men are capable of. Mm. And I think that's what we're seeing in war and peace. We're seeing weak men that are not, you know, they're, they're, they're not these good men. They're weak men at the top that are controlling what all of these other men are doing are having to do. So, yeah, I think it, it, and it, and then it cycles through and that there was an, that was not the quote I was looking for actually. No, I know the one you said, this is what happened when strong men lead. And when, you know, you talked about that, uh, there's another one here. It says when he's talking about his friend, Andre Prince Andre, he says, oh, dear heart. Lately, it's become hard for me to live. I see that I've begun to understand too much. And it's not good for man to, t- to taste the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Ties you right back into the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, what was God really doing to Adam and Eve? Protecting them. Yes. You know, like, like a mother wants to protect her kids. I don't want my kid. I didn't want my kids to uh, know about bad stuff early. You know, I knew, I knew I couldn't shield you guys forever, but would you want to, do you want a five-year-old to know gruesomeness? I mean, and that's what war does. It gets ugly fast. Yes. But uh, I mean, I just thought, like you said, Pierre did have, he, he's grappling with that, but he was always a good friend and very thoughtful. And, uh, and that I liked it when he was searching for his better self. Yes. And oh, one time, oh, did you find it? I did. So it was, good. it was good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create strong men. And strong men create good times. And then it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah. Ah, is this from Jordan Peterson? Yes, that's where I heard it from. Okay. Oh, my goodness. And, and I remember you giving me a book a long time ago, and it was... I'm thinking Ben Franklin, but I'm not for sure. But it was one of the founding fathers said, we gave them a democracy. Will they be able to hold on to it? You know, Mm -hmm. but basically you can't because this cycle will go, won't it? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what uh, Tolstoy is describing with, with his illusion of free will. You know, it's that these, so I could see how this kind of plays out in that, you know? So, and then just, the other war books that we've read too, how there's so many strong people that come out of that, you know, because you, if you, if you're able to survive, you know, it's a cliche, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that's true. The the people that come out of these extremely difficult uh, situations and wars and all that are super strong. Well, if you look at anybody that, well, you know, I really like peanut butter. So let's go to George Washington Carver. Let's go there. (laughs) What kind of life did he have? A cushy life? No, no, he didn't. I mean, if you look at anybody that did anything, they overcome. They were overcomers. They overcome op- overcame obstacles. Yes. And um, wow, I mean, you, when you read about him, you're just like, I'm. Uh, you're amazed that they could uh, go on, and, and they didn't whine about it. I mean, and they could have whined about it, but. And that's an overarching theme of the whole story that, that Tolstoy puts on it, that, that adversity and growth, that how people change and grow through overcoming hardships. And in and, and that is how they gain understanding, 
how they, it, you know, they grow. So that's a big overarching theme. Well, you know, and I was telling third grade that too. I said, nobody goes into a gym and lifts nothing. They don't, they don't lift little bitty weights. They lift bigger weights. And I said, when you, cause some of them want to read the little bitty books and they don't want to leave those little bitty books behind. They just want to keep on reading them. And I have nothing against, you know, uh, rereading books cause you know, over and over again, that's fine. But you also have to challenge yourself. And yes. this, my friend was a challenge, you know, I mean, yes. this was a big challenge, but then again, uh, like you said, if it, you know, if it, it didn't kill us, so it made us stronger. <laughs> oh, I grew, this book helped me grow so much. And it definitely, um, it, I guess you could say, put a feather in my cap. I was proud that I finished it, but it also made me a more confident reader because it, and I think that's important because sometimes we, again, going back to the live no lies, we believe lies like, oh, you know, I'm, I, I can't do that, you know, and, but you literally can do anything you put your mind to. And, and then again, that whole idea of the compound interest, you know, doing a little something every day at the, adds, up. adds to a lot of something. Mm -hmm. And so, and this book really taught me that, that you just, you don't have to see that, you know, 200 steps ahead of you. You just have to see the next one, just read the next chapter and, yeah. and just enjoy the process. And, um, be present anyway, yeah be present and and that's so. what Tolstoy teaches you you know uh I had I worked with a teacher a long time ago when I was a young teacher so you know that was a long time ago but she said and she said this to teacher friends and kids I've heard her say she would say people do what's important to them so if it's important to you you know you'll read and if it's important to grow your mind, you'll read instead of just believing what is out there on social media. Sadly, I had a student say this week, I asked a question and she said, can I ask Siri? And my heart was broken yeah. because I was just like, is that not the laziest answer? Come on. Yeah. And, but I, it really, it broke my heart because I was well like, from uh, Dr. Leaf. We, we know that that's not healthy for your brain. No, that's true. I, I so. didn't say anything because I was, I was shocked because I said, so that's where we're at. We're, we're nine years old and we're wanting to ask Siri instead of just, uh, and this is a material we've covered, you know? Yes. So I'm saying, well, you know, did you write notes? We're trying to do metacogs, you know, have you done a metacog? I wish I had, uh, next time when I read, um, I want to do an, another novel because we were, we read War and Peace before we read Dr. Leaf. I would like to read it read another one and do a metacog on the characters. I think mm. it would help me to understand as yes. they evolve, you know, and you start, it would, it would, it just helps you to keep the, cause you've got a lot of characters, but Pierre was the main one, but he yes. did evolve. He changed. He, did. He, he went through different processes of, he even joined the Masons trying to find answers and oh different things like that, which that was very interesting too. Cause I didn't know a lot about the Masons. Yeah, I didn't know, I know that nothing. they were that old either. Yeah. So, um, so it goes into that and his, and, but again, I, I, I feel like anybody could read this because Tolstoy's overarching thing is just like that life is a battle. It's a quest. It's a journey. And like it, the war, you know, that's war and peace. It's, it's really just kind of life. Well, so. and I, and I, and I admire him. I, I thought I kept thinking if he can write it, I can read it. 
<laughs> he wrote it, you know, yes. years. And I had just finished a, a biography on Gladys Aylwood, the missionary. And I don't think I told you, but she flunked out of missionary school. She flunked oh, out. Wow. And uh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And she's, uh, but she still wanted to go to China. She wanted to go to China, but she was older and she was a maid for this lady there and all in England. But anyway, she decided she was going to go and she ended up having to walk across part of Russia. Uh, and it, 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 she never gave up, though. I mean, and she had all these, you know, obstacles coming her way. And then when she finally got to the place where she was going, they threw mud balls at her. Mm. And she was crying, and the lady who she's going to be working under said, well, you know, crying's not going to help. That's just what they do. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, you know, tough. Man. And like, you you know, I think, uh, I think, I, I can't imagine writing, I, I think I've written a lot if I re- write like two pages or something, but can you imagine writing this down? I, you know, it is amazing. Like, and I think it's, it's almost like he trained for it though, by diet, by using his diary every day. He was that he was training himself to write, you know? So it's not like he just sat down and, and wrote, he had been writing for years, but just not, he wasn't putting it down. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. he had been in training basically. And I think that was extremely important. Um, and I think that's important for anyone who's wanting to pursue anything, whether it be become a writer or whatever, it is, you know, an athlete or something like that daily practice of it. And I think that that, again, that compounds and ends to beautiful things. So amazing novels. And and, and we can't even hardly touch on this, guys, because it's it's really there's so much. This is a very broad overview that we're giving you. Um, because it would take multiple podcasts to like really dive in and, um, take apart. Cause there's different parts. I think there's like four parts, um, which we could have done that, but we're giving just an overarching view because we, it's, we want this to be a kind of like a, uh, just a quick commercial for, yeah for you to go, you know, try it out. See if you like yeah. it. Yeah. Cause there's, uh, I, this was over on page 921 to love my neighbor to love my enemies, to love everything, to love God in all his manifestations. You can love a person dear to you with a human love, but an enemy can only be loved with divine love. Mm. Is that good? That is good. Oh my goodness. Who said yeah. that? Uh, in the Prince, story. A- Prince Andre is talking. Okay. And I think he's talking to, um, and he may be, yeah, he's, I think he's wounded. That's why I experienced such joy when I felt that I loved uh, that man because what's, what's become of him? Is he alive? Loving with a human love, one can pass from love to hatred, but divine love cannot change. That's where I was wanting to get to. Divine mm-hmm. love stays the same. But our I human love, love, and it does change, hon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I just wanted to get that in. That's but... that's powerful. Yeah, <laughs> I I liked the. There's one too a quote um, um, from a general, but he said, "There's nothing stronger than those two warriors: patience and time." Ooh, so, yes, yeah, very good. So definitely. But anyway, it, and that, we highly sis, sis, that's what you need to read: War and Peace. 
patience and time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is so true. Yes. You do need go. patience and time, but we have, uh, you, can, you can do it. And uh, if you do do it, let us know. Um, but let us anyway. know your thoughts. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. Readers. Right. Okie dokie. That is a wrap on War and Peace. And we'll see you on the next one. Ta-ta. Thank you.